Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and tonight we have a special guest. We have Alan Drummond of Kingdom Outdoor Products. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing well. Yeah, you're taking Derek's spot tonight because he's away on a little canoe venture. The Burt Reynolds thing? Yeah, he's doing the Burt Reynolds, third annual Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. Does Derek know how to speak French? I don't think so. Hmm. That's going to be interesting to hear how his experience in Quebec is next week. Uh, hopefully one of them speaks it. Well, like anything else, he'll probably have somebody else do all the work for him anyway. Yeah, you never know. Because <laughs> he just oh, shows oh, up. Oh, I know. <laughs> he, he just shows up to the trips. He even says so, right? <laughs> I'm sure they're having a good time. We'll find out uh, how everything goes down and what they saw, what they did. And I'm, I'm still worried about that low water because they... They're saying this time of year, it's usually when low water hits. Well, didn't they say that there had been rain up in that area? Yeah, there was a lot of rain up there, so. But was that real information or just Derek guessing? Uh, okay. I don't know. Next subject. Next subject. <laughs> Good luck, No, Derek. no, no. It'll be neat Good to hear it here. It's always uh, fun to hear about their uh, canoe trips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See the uh, pictures and video that um, Mikey will take and stuff, so. Yeah, sure. They always have fun. Uh, speaking of fun... This is a, a week of other people talking. So later on in the show, we're going to hear from John Van Berger, who did the Upper Iowa River. Right. And you're here tonight so that I can have another break, because I really haven't been doing much lately. Hey, you haven't done Jack in about uh, three episodes, have you? Well, you know what? Like if I can get other people to do it for me <laughs> and just take the credit... In like that thing. whole Derek packing for arranging a trip thing's rubbing off. I yeah, think. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the one that showed up with all the scientific stuff the one week, and right. then he showed up with other stuff the last last week and, and whatnot. So that's all on him. Okay. Yeah, I had stuff ready to go, but uh, you know, didn't he tell you last week that you knew more about his trip than at he that did. point than he did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like See? two days before launch. That's how prepared okay. I am. All right. <laughs> So, let's talk about you, Alan. What's new with you? You've been doing some, because you're, you're always into kayaking. Yep. So, you're a right? kayaker for, well, kind of uh, full-time-ish for 12 years. Um, Is that it? You I did older it uh, in my late teens and early 20s, and I had a bit of a gap um, through late 20s, early 30s. But, yeah, it's uh, about 2008 I got back into it and um, full bore back into it instructed for a while and stuff and just always just now you're just doing it for fun and excitement yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure so been uh doing a lot covid's really um been good to me as far as that you know yeah. i haven't had any work but you know i've had lots of kayaking well and um, you do i mean besides kingdom outdoor products yeah so uh, you, do, you do the airbnb experience thing correct yeah so i um pick people up in toronto and end the day in niagara falls kind of thing so right. with international borders being closed now till uh, possibly end of november it, uh, that's not uh starting anytime soon yeah. um i do have uh, uh some travelers from western canada tomorrow so tomorrow will be the actual first day i've done any of the tours uh since uh, i left to go to the uk in february right before wow the world blew up and covid started so yeah that's a long that. time man yeah well like so. i say uh, uh, i'm this is my second week now i've been back at work back actually going into the office and uh yeah what a change getting used to everything again <laughs> so good luck to use working tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> well and it's going to be weird like so i've done 
so the first few places we go, I've, I've, I've been to them during COVID and, uh, you know, we go to a winery, they've got their protocols in place and the bakery and the restaurant and all that. It just, I haven't been in Niagara Falls itself, but you know, these people are traveling in the time of COVID and I'm sure they're just ready to roll. It's just a, yeah. it's just a, uh, I think it's a young couple. I'm really not sure, but a couple from uh, near Edmonton, um, you know, so it's kind of they're getting a private tour, and we'll just bounce along as we normally do and have a great day. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. As long as they're masked up and got their uh, hand sanitizer and yep. follow the Which, rules they're supposed to, then all should exactly. be good. Hopefully everything's so, good and works out well. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to a good day. So back to work for one day, and then I don't even know, I can't even remember when my next one is. November, I think. So, a little another stretch 2030 <laughs> yeah right no it, it's good though there has been a lot of interest for international travelers i have had uh some people book but they've had to cancel because borders are so closed yeah. on that over the summer and i've actually have some bookings already for 2021 european travelers and aussies and that love planning way ahead of time yeah um yeah so that's reassuring that uh at some point in the not too distant future, I will be back to work. So. Well, and I got to think that the people that want to come over, it's going to be gangbusters once those borders I open. So. Yeah. And I think so. they're going to want smaller groups. They don't want to be in big coach buses. Yeah. They want more. And that's the, why Airbnb experiences started in the first place was just the smaller, more intimate experiences. Um, you know, I was doing six people in my van. Now I'm only going to do five because of COVID. Um you know, so I don't like to compete with the big buses because I offer a totally different thing than them. Yeah. Um, and that's going to pay off, I think, once it comes back. That, yeah. Uh, Feast or famine. Yeah. Yeah. So. so looking forward to it whenever, whenever, whenever the new normal or the new weird starts. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Until then, I paddle, I bike ride. Um, yeah. Do what you do. Exactly. So you've been lately... Yep. Getting a little bit out of kayaking, and you've been doing some stand-up paddle boarding. I have. This has been a big boat in year for me. I've been in the sea kayak, tons of time in the sea kayak as normal. Um, more time this year in the canoe than last summer, probably not as much as the summer before. Um, and I've been outrigger canoe. Um, there's talks about possibly doing a white water or something or other up in uh, Minden at some point this fall. And lately, I've just wrapped up last night uh, a stand-up paddleboard, this uh, five-lesson session. Um, so that was really cool. Um, so my experience prior to three weeks ago on stand-up paddleboards existed on renting a really crappy board in Martha's Vineyard once, which I hated, but three seconds after I was on it. <laughs> Trying a friend's way undersized board for me out in Prince Edward County. And then last year, when I was down um, kayaking with the manatees and that in Florida... Um, I hooked up with another Airbnb experience outside Orlando, and we did a stand-up paddleboard lesson with uh, with her. In fact, I think I did a I Facebook live that. from that, yes. like, like Jenny Jewel with uh, yeah. Jenny Brown down there. So, and I really, I really did like it. And I think if COVID hadn't happened, I'd probably own a board by now. Um, so, uh, a friend of mine saw this. Um, thing it's a, a community i forget the actual word wording but it's a community something program through the wainui um canoe and outrigger club in oakville um and it's to kind of get your bubble out stand up paddle boarding so it's like you put the group together you show up for five nights i think with about a hundred bucks each okay um up to six people i think they that's do that's not bad 
No, I thought it was 20 bucks a lesson. Yeah. Like, when you're out there, they say an hour and a half. I don't think we're out there any shorter than two hours. Right. Because you're just having fun. The coach is a long-time um, paddler and surf ski and outrigger and stand-up paddleboard. And uh, Wendy Wendy uh, Perkins is her name. Just a, just a riot. Loves to have fun. And so there was five of us that did that. Um and again, quite the social distance activity. You're never really. Oh yeah. If you're too close to someone on a stand-up paddleboard, you're too damn close, and you're telling you get away. Because <laughs> there's a couple instances where a couple of people got a little too close, and a couple of people went swimming. I don't want to yes. say I was responsible for two of those, but I might have been. But or at least I got to blame for two. I'll take full yeah, responsibility. Yeah, if you're too for close one. on stand-up paddle boards, it's because yeah. you're about to crash. Yeah, and crash and burn, baby. Yeah. So, so we got to practice self rescues. Um, I don't know if that was on the agenda, but we got to practice that. Yeah, whatever comes um, up, buddy. Last night was the final night. We got a nice sunset um, over the Oakville Harbor. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, um, finally got to the point where my feet weren't hurting the whole lesson. Yeah, the that's what, that's what I found lesson, when we do it, it was yeah. the feet really yeah. hurt afterwards. Yeah, you did it in friggin' November. So we would do, yeah, we did it on, we did it on, on Remembrance <laughs> yeah. Day. Okay, now stand still. You've only been on the board for 10 minutes, but stand still, still now for, for two. two minutes. Yeah. 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 yeah, so I'm looking forward to I don't know if I'll do any more of that this year. Um, so the friend that got it. What's that? You're going to maybe pick up a board over um, the winter? Not, not this year because no work even means no cashola. But, um, and there's, apparently there's none available or very yeah, few well, available because yeah. as with every other outdoor activity, everybody's buying everything up. So. Yeah. Um, you know, John had a hard time finding one, but he got one at Costco and, um, apparently the Costco ones in Canada as Derek discovered and I discovered as well, looking at that, they're non-existent. So, yeah. um, I'm sure you can find them, but, um, I'm sure the used market's going to take advantage of you as well, but whatever. So maybe, maybe next summer, get back into it. And yeah. So hopefully they use this, uh, winter to build up their stocks. Yeah. Knowing they're going to be starting out with nothing next year. Yeah, and I think that the supply chains all got interrupted with China shutting down, Italy shutting yeah. down early in that. Um, you know, a lot of outdoor products are made in China. And so with all that stuff shutting down, it's like, you know, how do you rebound from that quickly, right? Yeah. In one season. So it'll come back. Oh, yeah. I'll be prepared for next year. Yeah. Um, the other big thing you've been doing and what I want to hear from is you went up to Lake Superior. I did. So we were at the eastern end of Lake Superior, Lake Superior Provincial Park. Me and a couple of friends went up. Uh, we're up there for five days at, uh, when were we up there? Mid-August. Um, so nights were just starting to get cooler. And you were in sea kayaks. We were in sea kayaks. Yeah. yeah. Three of us went up in sea kayaks. Um, me and uh, my friends, Ed and Joyce. And we had, a, we had a blast. We got um, Lake Superior in about four different moods. Um, I'm really not sure what pictures Derek saw where he saw my whole trip was all lily dipping and sunshine and rainbows. and that, Maybe it was just the one picture over and over. Maybe just, okay, yeah, maybe you had to hit refresh on the uh, the page. But uh, no, we had everything from pretty much flat, calm, beautiful sunset, sea, ski, ugh, skies in the uh, first first evening we arrived there to, I don't know, I hate overestimating wave height because I think everybody does it way too much. But there's a couple of waves, there were more swells. There's a lot of swells on our third day, I guess it was. Um most were probably six to eight feet, so a little over two meters. And there's a couple that 
I would say we're approaching, if not over 10 feet. Really? There was, there was one swell that just dropped me to the bottom and my, my stomach's still at the top of that swell. Wow. Like it was like a elevator on free fall. It was, it was amazing. Like there was no, there was never a time when we thought like, oh crap, we're in over our heads for most of it, um, on that day. But, uh. Maybe a little bit here and there, but for the most <laughs> <laughs> for the for most of it, it was um, with for, as as experienced sea kayakers, it, it was fine. Um, but uh, yeah, Lady Superior, she definitely showed off for us. Um, first night I showed up, Ed and Joyce had already arrived at the campground, Lake Superior Provincial Park, the uh, Agua Bay campground. They were already set up and they had their chairs and their um, refreshments down on the beach, um, waiting on the sun going down. So I quickly put my tent up. Um, I think we had dinner. Yeah, we had dinner, and then we went back down for a uh, sunset paddle. So we were end up getting our boats in the water just as the sun was going down. It was absolutely gorgeous. The lake was flat, calm, um, beautiful air temperature. I'm sure the dozens of people on the beach behind it are probably annoyed that now they got a bunch of kayaks in their pictures. But <laughs> oh well, suck it. Um, yeah. So that. Uh, that was night one. That was uh, right when we arrived. It was just stellar. We left our boats uh, on the beach and the next day. So we're at Agua Bay Campground. The next day we went up to um, the Agua Rock and the uh, Agua Pictographs. Really nice. Um, and those were stunningly beautiful. Um, I've driven past there before, but the seas were too big. to. I knew that I wouldn't be able to walk down to them. Oh, yeah. Um, and what was that? Uh, May 2017 was the last time I passed through there. And I didn't have the gear to get out in a kayak. Um, day was overcast, a little misty. Uh, air temperature was fine. It was, I don't know, 70 degrees, low 70s maybe, high 60s. But, but fine. Um, water temperature was beautiful. Water temperature up there was uh, warmer than Lake Ontario was that week. Really? It was like we were super surprised it was sore we all brought our dry suits up but never had to put them didn't on. use them um it was uh really warm air temperature was warm water was warm it was a great combination so we got out to the uh, pictographs and just as we're showing up at the pictographs the uh the swell started and we went from you know ripples and a foot wave to two feet plus kind of thing in, yeah. in a matter of minutes and the fog rolled in. It's like, whoa, this is uh, interesting. Um, it's like, oh, Lady Superior is really showing off, um, showing what she's all about for us. So it, uh, that, that was really cool. Um, I got quite close to the pictographs. Ed was kind of, um, going back and forth in front of them. Um, Joyce stayed a little bit further away, the swell and the rebound waves, uh, uh, a little unnerving. Um, and there's people, there's this narrow little ledge that, uh, wraps right in front of them. It's this big yeah. huge cliff face, about 80, hundred feet high. And, uh, this little narrow, um, cliff edge there that people walk along. And there's a couple people that, uh, you know, needed reassurance that if they fell in, we'd be there to rescue them. Yeah. We've, we've not a clue that. what the hell we would have done if they'd fallen in, but not much <laughs> clapped. <laughs> Waved? <laughs> Probably Facebook Live did. I don't know. <laughs> Swim. <laughs> well, it's neat. They have these like remember the remember in your uh, 
grade school gym class or high school gym class, they had the that two inch jute rope hanging from the ceiling. Yep. Everybody, there were like two guys in the class who could climb, and everybody else got rope burned. Um, they got about uh, two to three meter sections of those hanging down. Yeah, because it's quite uh, the drop off right there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, and there's nowhere either left or right of it where, like, if you swim to, it's safe. That you can get out. Um, yeah. So if you can haul your ass up with the rope, you're safe. Otherwise, you're just going to get bashed in the rocks. So. Yeah, yeah, we we we've walked that little ledge before, yeah. and yeah, a little unnerving. Yeah, so. you, well, you want to take your shot, your shoes and socks off because if your your shoes don't have a good sole, yeah, you're sliding. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been polished from so many people walking and just don't over wave the years. Underwater too, and, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's like and you get those waves going smooth. up. Yeah. Um, so I wish we had done a little bit of research before going, but we did it Derek style. Um, <laughs> Derek style. <laughs> and uh, so we saw a few of them, and I'm like, this is it? There's got to be more than this. So we did look at online later on, and it's like, oh, we missed one here, one here, and then we go back and look at our pictures and we're able to pick up a couple of um, ones we missed on the pictures. Right. Um, yeah, and then we just uh, kind of made it back to camp, went up the Agua River, maybe a kilometer, about as far as you can go before it gets all rocky and stuff. Right. And shallows out. Um, yeah, and just had a, had a great day. Um, parked the kayaks back on the beach. Uh, that evening was uneventful. Had, um been in contact with uh, an old friend of mine, Ray Boucher, who's a kayak instructor and school teacher up at Wawa. Um, so we had set up to, for him and his wife to take us out the following day at a Old Woman Bay. Oh, yeah. Up, up oh, closer yeah. to Wawa, the other end of the park. That's a nice area. So we, oh, it's gorgeous. And it, it was another, it was the next day, it was bright blue skies, a little bit of a wind, a um, little bit of, little bit of, um, Ripples, um, nothing over a foot. Um, but in a kayak, that's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like, nothing. I mean, to, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would take a brand new kayak out in that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was nothing at all to worry about. The um, so we put in there, and we just uh, we stayed pretty close to Old Women Bay. We uh, we stopped a couple times. Um, Ray showed us a couple of neat uh, neat things that go back to the ancient indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, these things called Puckasaw Pits, which they think were just these. There's a lot of beaches along there that have round cobblestone um, of all manner of sizes from pebbles to uh, several feet in diameter, but lots of them, six, eight, ten inches. And there's these little depressions on these beaches, and they're usually up quite a ways above the high water line, and they're anywhere from just a couple of inches um, depression over a couple of feet to... Um, there was one that was maybe a meter deep and, um, three or four meters wide. And what they think they are, because they don't actually know what they are, is that, uh, it was some sort of food cache, um, that the ancient indigenous people would have used, and, um, as they passed through the areas or they came down for the, um, during the summer, um, when they camped down there. Um, and then we saw some, an ancient tent, tent, uh, tent pad. It was, uh, again, it's like everybody had, medic- somebody had med- meticulously turned over all the rocks so they're all dead flat right so that if you had a tent your your bows or whatever you're you're uh, sleeping on um what was really flat and without ray who's knows that that coastline like the back of his hand it would have just been things that 
you just walk past or walk over and not have a clue what they are. Yeah. So I tried taking pictures of them, um, but they just don't show up in the pictures. But they're very evident when you're looking at them from right on top of or from a distance. So that was really cool. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of history on that stretch oh, of coach, coastline. So much so. And that's like we, we, we found some neat stuff on our own, just kind of goofy footing it through it but um having ray and his wife patty along with us who knew the area and that it was uh such a blessing um they took us around just outside of old woman bay there's a, a brulee harbor which is a protected harbor right um apparently it's named after some explorer and not the creme brulee guy no as that i would, learned but you know that would ignorance. be uh etienne etienne Brule. Brule. he was uh with the hurons Right. Um, and he was a, a a guide and whatnot for Samuel de Champlain okay. back in the early 1600s. Hmm. And then uh, the Hurons thought he had uh, betrayed them, so they killed him, and some say they ate him as well. He did not meet a good So end. is that where the creme brulee comes from then? <laughs> I get creme brulee, I guess. They made him... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but hmm, that's worth yeah. some researching, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, maybe, or maybe not. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I think there were some other things that went along in his. He, uh, I get the impression he wasn't the most honorable of fellas. So, nah, but uh, yeah, apparently he karma got him at the end. Oh well. So, yeah, so Burley Harbor was beautiful. It was nice and sheltered. Uh, several miles of uh, coastline in there. A couple little islands. Um, just went and ducked into this little tiny bay and I just, I heard water, water, uh, water falling and like, and just kind of tucked behind this tree about, and there's this little pool and this, uh, spring coming down off the side of the hill, which was like super cool. Um, we had lunch in the harbor there, um, at, uh, at a, at a marked campsite. So there was a, uh, thunderbox there for the, the, those who needed it and, um, yeah, had lunch and just headed back and and um, there's a couple of benches at over Old Woman Bay that had plaques on them, as they do in many parks. And yeah. one of them was put there by the uh, the Great Lakes paddlers of the Windsor region, um, and that was put there like years ago by a, a good friend of mine, Steve Lutch, out of. Um, out of Windsor, Ontario. Um, the plaque says, donated by the International Kayak Paddling Fraternity from the Windsor and Detroit region in support of this wonderful park and its dynamic coastline that offers so much enjoyment for all paddlers, 2007. So that was really neat to see that, and we all got a picture on the bench and sent it to Steve, and, you know, he said, uh, got back to me and said that made his day. Which, so that was, that was pretty cool. And then there was another bench there that said, uh, may this place bless May this place that so inspired Bill Mason inspire you. And I guess it was the plaque or the bench was put there by a guy named Tom Taylor from Amherstburg, Ontario. Hmm. Um, so I sent that to uh, Becky Mason. Right. Um, and she said, and I was parked right beside this bench, um, so which was right at the kind of trail leading down the beach. And a little later that afternoon, so we when we left Old Woman Bay, we actually went into Wawa to see the... The Wawa Goose and then the Old Goose and yep. the Hotel Goose and did we see four geese or three? I don't know. Anyway, a few geese. And uh, she got back to me then. She goes, did you see my dad's rock? And I'm like, no. She goes, I go, where's that? She goes, oh, it's like literally 50 feet from there. <laughs> so on the way back down to the camp, I had to stop and see this massive boulder. 
you know, this two-ton boulder with a big, huge plaque on it. Um, well, you see a bench, but you can't see a massive boulder with a plaque. Well, because I was parked right in front of the bench and the path was right there. I had no reason to go anywhere else in the parking lot. Right. Right. And there's, you know, the Ed and Joyce were parked beside me and probably four others between me and the, the rock. So, um, yeah, so it was just neat to see that rock, Bill Mason. There's a big plaque on it telling a little bit about Bill Mason and... Um, a quote from him, my motivation is sharing my love of the land through my work is to awaken a love and compassion in people for the land and to encourage them to become involved in the preservation of wild spaces. And that's a quote from Song of the Paddle, 1988. So, mm-hmm. so that was really cool to see that and share that. And then um, Ed and Joyce ran back to camp. So I just sat on the Bill Mason bench and watched the sunset there or sunset over World Woman Bay. So that was kind of uh, cool and special to do. Um, you know, and Becky and I had a couple of conversa- a little conversation back and forth about that. So, um, That's yeah, awesome. so that was, uh, day two, I guess. Full, uh, the full, yeah, they ended full day two. The next day we went to Gargantua Harbor, Gargantua Bay. Bay, yeah. I think there's Gargantua Bay and then there's Gargantua Harbor. Um, the Lake Superior Provincial Park people were kind of telling us they weren't really keen on us going down there, but we talked to other locals, including Ray and Patty, and they said, yeah, yeah, go down. Um, because apparently that's a special ceremonial place for the uh, local uh, indigenous people. Right. Um, so we are just uh, suggested, you know, just if you see them, you know, give them space. If they ask you to leave for whatever reason, just turn tail and leave, which we were prepared to do. There's a 14-kilometer road down to the bay off the highway, which is, uh, I'm glad I have my Subaru. Yes. Um, oh, I found out one other thing with Subarus while I was up there. If you leave the trunk open on a Subaru Outback, it will kill your battery. And if you compound that by turning it to, like, the auxiliary mode so your 12-volt charger comes on to charge your phone, it kills, kills it, faster. it even faster. <laughs> <laughs> so, luckily, uh, this nice uh, family from Quebec, a couple of campsites down from us. Uh, was it that morning? I think it was that morning. No, it was the morning we were meeting Patty and uh, Ray because we were late. Um, had one of those booster packs. Right. So they were able to boost me and um, get us going uh, again. So, oops. So Subaru owners, beware. The trunk left open. I won't do that a third time. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I was like Googling how to, like, does this issue. You just fire. And especially with the 2017s, which I have, apparently they have horrible battery uh, issues. Um, this is my first battery issue. So it's definitely something to, to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got to Gargantua uh, Bay, and there's a number of cars there. Could be from hikers, could be with the, the for the native people. Um, we could see some tents up tucked into the bay, and we could see some fire smoke at the south end of the bay. Um, but we didn't see any ceremonial stuff going on or anything like that. So we uh, parked with the rest of the cars, put our boats in. Um, the lake was a little. It was drizzling when we got there. The wind was up 20-ish kilometer an hour, uh, 12 mile an hour, give or take. Um, and it was set to climb a little bit, maybe two or three mile an hour, five or six K through the day. Not, not a whole lot. We got there late morning. And, um, so we just kind of risk assessed it and we all agreed that, yeah, no, 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 we'll go and we'll keep an eye on conditions. The weather wasn't supposed to increase or anything, uh, beyond uh, a couple mile an hour. So, um, 
But once we got out of the bay, the the seas picked up a little bit to swell, and um, but it was manageable. It was, um, you know, started off at threes and fours, and then the odd, you know, five, six, uh, sevens, um, and then the more we kind of went north along the shoreline, the, uh, the the bigger some of them got, and we did stop behind one island to discuss it, and uh, I said, I think a couple of them were ten, and Ed was like, yeah, I don't know if they're ten. I'm like, well, maybe not steady tens, but... Um, but they were so getting up there. They were, they were getting up there, and they they were fun. They weren't runnable or rideable. Um, they were just kind of, they pick you up and drop you down, pick you up and drop right. you down. Um, we tried to stay, there's a couple, of, quite a number of islands up that shoreline, um, Devil's Warehouse Island, um, and a bunch of other ones that I forget. Um, but we kind of stayed sheltered from them mostly. Uh, any crossing we had was just a couple hundred meters. It really, they were really wasn't uh, too many crossings to worry about that were we were fully exposed. Right. And we did have Devil's Chair Island, uh, which is this kind of neat little island with like a hole through it. Um, we were aiming for that. We had to come up about three quarters of a kilometer, maybe a kilometer shy of that because the conditions were getting to a point where we were like, mm, not everybody in the party was totally confident to, to continue on. We'd have another kilometer or so there, um, another kilometer back, you know, we we're already kind of pushing time and, and, um, and it's Lake Superior and it's Lake Superior. Right. And we didn't have any, so it's not like, and we also didn't have any, I didn't have any service on my VHF, so I couldn't hear any updated weather and no cell service. So if things had changed in the last two and a half, no, I guess since we left the main road and cell service, it was probably going on three, four hours. So it was, uh, we made a decision. Uh, we kind of stopped, had a snack and refreshed and made a decision just to kind of leapfrog back again behind the islands and, um. Um, then the rain came and it came. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. Huh? Yeah. And then the glasses, it's like, why am I even wearing my glasses? Anymore? Oh, right. There's, uh, there's no use for these glasses. There's barely any use for a hat. Um, but it, it was fine. The weather with the, uh, the air temperature was fine. The, the water was fine. The rain wasn't cold. Like we were all, we were all geared up. We all had our wet weather, wet, wet gear on. So it, uh. It was fine. We, had, we, had, we, had, we were having a blast. Um, we got back. The the surf pushed us into the, the shore a little bit. Um, none of us really wiped out, but none of us had a soft landing either. <laughs> and um, it's, it, yeah, that's all gravel still, right? It's all yeah. It's all the yeah. big cobble, right? So yeah. it's um, along the, there's a couple spots along the uh, the shore that were uh, kind of gritty sand. Um, so I just aimed for that and just paddled like mad and ran my boat up on the beach as much as I could and stumbled out and pulled Hope up the rest the best, of the way before yeah. the wave wave came. So it, uh, yeah, none of us had any really eventful landing, so that was good. Um, yeah, packed up, uh, had a little bit of lunch there, I guess, some snack and headed back to camp to find our site mostly flooded <laughs> like the water nipping at the the toes the toes of both of our tents so oh. we had to do a little re-rigging of uh the kitchen tarps and move the tents a little bit uh away from the lake 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 site 220 i started calling it on social media <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but other than that the, the campground itself was uh like all this stuff I've been hearing about provincial campgrounds all over Ontario this summer about messy and crowded and I guess because it doesn't have a big day use area or a transient, like people are there 
looked like for several days at a time. And this was Superior uh, you were in? Lake Superior Provincial yeah. Park, and it was the Agua Bay Campground. Yeah, we stayed at that one going coming back through. We stayed at Rabbit Blanket going right out. Uh, but yeah, I like those campgrounds mm. up to, along there. They're really nice. It was good. Our site was, uh, Joyce was lucky to find a site late, late July. She was just surfing the provincial park site one, one morning before a paddle. And she found five, she actually found six days. Um, we took five of them. Um, and when she told me that morning on the paddle, we were on wherever the heck it was we were, I'm like, hell yeah, well, I'll go to Superior for five days. Um, yeah, it was, you know, like, 150 feet one way to the uh, pit toilets and like the kitchen washing wary with the cold water mm-hmm. and about 300 the other way to the locked showers because none of the showers are open are but open, yeah. uh, hot and cold water and flush toilets yeah you know and we're up just away two two rows of campsites away from the beach so we didn't get the weather that was coming in right um it was great there's no bugs no bugs at all um dawn dusk nothing um, other than the, the rain on the third day, it was fantastic weather. Um, park staff that we encountered were all super helpful. Really nice. Um, like when I had the battery issue, a couple of guys, you know, ran and got the truck and booster cables, but they couldn't get the truck into where I was, where I was. So that's why the, the, the other guy brought the booster pack over. But yeah, I can't say enough about, uh, Lake Superior Provincial Park, Agua Pay Campground, except... The thing I keep hearing everybody bitching and moaning about Ontario Provincial Parks. <laughs> wood? The wet wood. They need a new wood supplier. I know you're probably going for the lowest lowest price, but you got to get your guy to season the wood better. Yeah. Or gal. Whoever's doing it, they got to season Person. the wood. Yeah. A little bit. Another season. Another year in that wood. It's got to be. It took us some camp fuel. Um, fire starter sticks, um, God knows how much paper. And we had a, we had a bag of kindling and a bag of firewood and we had maybe two good fires and that was because of some camp fuel yeah, um, and a lot of camp fuel. Um, uh, and that's, that's the big problem. We do the winter camping at like right. the, the campgrounds, you know, and then you're buying their wood while you're trying to stay warm with your wood stove in your tent mm. and you can't get the wood burning cause it's wet. Yeah. You know, so I'd sneak some wood in there. Like I know we're not supposed to and stuff, but I'd find some safe wood from a known source or something and take yeah. take it because it's oh, it just it's, you like having that campfire at the end of the night, especially that day when it was wet and stuff. Um, you want to get yourself dry and warmer. Yeah, and it just wasn't. Ha- it was frustrating. Ed went for an hour before he let me throw it. I don't know. I'm Boy Scout way. Do teepee. Do this. Do that. Do the log cabin. Do you know? It's like. Ed, man, I got a can of gas here. Let's just throw some <laughs> gas on the fire for crying out loud. I don't know what Boy Scouts you, know? you were in. <laughs> well, it's funny. Our friend Virgil, you know, and and yep. that, he had posted, because where was he? He had been somewhere, and they had left for the day, and they'd come back, and their fire just had a little bit of ember left in it, and he was able to start it without a match again. So yep. he posted a picture on social media, all both. Proud. proud as a peacock yeah, at uh you know no match fire so i posted a picture with my uh grand fourth brooks axe leaning against the fire pit a fire going in the background um grand fourth brooks axe of course picked up from the canadian outdoor equipment company and um and my creme brulee torch 
back to the creme brulee. <laughs> back, <to laughs> back to etienne brulee. It's something I've brought on every trip I've been on for the last 12 or 15 years. Um, take your matches, take your Bic lighters, take your barbecue lighters. You can stuff them. I take my butane creme brulee torch. And yeah. I don't get any burnt knuckles from my camp stove going whoosh. And usually if I have decent wood, it takes three seconds to start a fire. Um and yeah, I, I know people that take room. those on winter camping trips. Oh yeah, into yeah. the backcountry, yeah. just because they know they want to get that thing going. So, but even with that and the gas and that, that wood, like, come on, parks people, like it's been going on for years. You need a new supplier. Yeah, um, yeah. So the next day, the the lake had calmed down, but it was kind of that washing machine effect. Wind was up, um, so we decided to go for a hike. Um, we went to the Sand River and we did a, so I guess a 3K back, a three, a three kilometer um, hike up the Sand River and right down near the bottom of Sand River, all sorts of um, rapids and chutes and don't yeah. call any of them waterfalls. They don't meet the criteria to be a waterfall, um, but just some really impressive chutes and rapids and fishing. Um, didn't see many people fishing, so I don't know if that which wasn't season or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if season says to yeah, open up there or not. No idea. But uh, but it was a nice hike. We went up 3K to about the first campsite, which was also one of the... Um, the path is actually a portage. Mm-hmm. So um, Tom, um, our buddy from Paddle Inn, he had been up there, I think, the week before me or something. Him and some buddies had done an interior Lake Superior Provincial Park camping trip. And um, his write-up of the uh, the trip was great. Um, and he mentions about coming down the Sand River and portaging to the uh, you know the beach at Lake Superior Provincial Park. But he left out one little part. That's a horrendous three k portage. It's <laughs> <laughs> a decent hike. I would not want to do it with a canoe pack canoe and, in a, the pack and, and a canoe and gear and with all the tourists that are there hiking and stuff. Oh and yeah. It uh, not that anything was too tricky or anything, but there's only one or two spots that were kind of e that uh, deserved two feet on the ground and two hands on something, but. Uh, yeah, Tom, you forgot to mention that part. But, uh, but yeah, the Sand River is beautiful, beautiful was, hike. Was there a lot of people hiking? Yeah, there's quite a bit. Yeah? Yeah. It, uh, I wouldn't say the park was busy. Um, now, they said the park was full, like the Agua Bay Campground. The sign said it was full. But there's odd sites open here and there. So I don't know if they're doing that for COVID spacing or, you know, people didn't show up or late cancellations right. or whatever. Or they just, they say closed, but they have a couple available for latecomers or something i don't know how it works but um but uh, yeah people people respected distance in that like when you pass people on pass somebody usually stayed away and everyone's friendly you know yeah. um mostly ontario plates a few quebec a couple of west west coast plates but uh so it's all just people you know getting out and about so a few like license plate covers from like toronto area and stuff and thunder bay and sioux and Sault Ste. Marie and that, but, um, yeah, I'm sure if it was, uh, a non COVID year, I'm not sure how much more busier it would have been with the campgrounds being as full as they were. Yeah. I know we've stayed at, uh, Pancake Bay as well a couple mm-hmm. times and that seems to be the one that the people from Sault Ste. Marie seem to go to cause it was packed well, every time we've been half there. Half as close, right? The yeah. Agua Bay. So yeah, it, uh, yeah, no, it, it was Good. Even when, so after the uh, Sand River, we um, 
we went for a hike to see the pictographs. Okay. And um, I think that's about half a kilometer kind of down through a forested path. Yeah. And you've done it? Yeah, yeah. you did it. Yeah, yeah. You said you walked along. So, and there's a number of people there, but it wasn't busy by like when we got to the rocks we were the uh the, the picture we were the only ones there yeah oh when we um, went there it was oh we were there in july, july. yeah because we'd left because uh, where were you yeah, canada Day yeah we'd left canada day weekend yeah right so it was um yeah so yeah it was july it was we, were, we were up there we were still pretty busy mm-hmm. So it wasn't too busy. We, we couldn't get too far. They got that rope line and the chain you can hold on to. to yeah. So we got to the first couple. Um, but it was good just to see the uh, the information board. So yes. I took a picture of that for reference because um, we planned again to go paddling there the following morning. So to see some of them that we didn't see right. our first day we were up paddling. And then there's also a couple you can't even see from land you yeah there's only that you go to the water. end of that yeah. ledge yeah. but there's actually a couple that are around the corner from Correct. that ledge which you can't yeah. get to yeah so we were able to so we're down there and it was it was it was really cool just to experience it both ways from the, the water and the land mm-hmm. um and it's a not an easy hike by any means it's not a hard hike but it uh did you take the uh narrow stairway going back up Yes, yeah, that's cool. up through the dike. Yeah, yeah. I forget they, they some sort of dike they called those. I forget the name of it, but but yeah, that was super cool. It's almost like something out of Aztec or yeah, something. Yeah. Remind me of when I was in Mexico in uh, last November, like just that same kind of just feeling. Um, yeah. So the next day was our final day there. Woke up, did breakfast, tore down. Um, got everything packed up by, I don't know, 10, 10, 30 or something. And then we went up to Sinclair Cove, which is right by the Agua Pictograph hiking trail. Right. So there's a boat ramp there and we put the, the kayaks in there and just, um, uh, did a little exploration around there. There's a couple of small islands and, um, lake was quite calm. So we were able to get in really close. We were able to do a little bit of, uh, um, boat control boat control practice um through some of the exposed rocks and stuff um i was unfortunately unable to bring a tobacco offering to lake superior to show my thank you and reverence and all that that they suggest you do but i did leave some gel coat behind (laughs) so i'm not sure that's quite the same thing but it uh there's a couple spots where they'll hold it for you till you get back little crunch uh at the bottom of the kayak but it was was all good it's all all, all smooth rock right up there there's some spots where there's some jagged rock but uh mostly it's smooth and just seeing all the different rocks and types of rocks and i really wish i had a a friend that was really good at geography or geology Geology. that was uh into kayaking so i could take them up there and just uh learn more yeah because it's just stunning beauty and um, the one dike that leads right down to the water. Um, so the dike is, it's maybe five to six feet wide, maybe a little more than six feet wide, two meters wide. Yep. Um, just, just break through the rock and it's sheer. And it's like somebody came in with the, uh, meat cleaver and just carved these, this chunk out. So the three of us were actually able to squeeze into the one dike that had the rock 
squeezing between it at the top. Uh, we weren't quite under the rock in the kayaks, but... Uh, and that was the day the rock became dislodged <laughs> and, and fell in. And three kayakers went, boop, boop. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And all the people that were up top that were doing the hike could see us, and people were waving, taking pictures, as they do. And, yeah. Um, but it was neat to go back to the pictographs again and see them now that... And I was pulling up the... Uh, the information board picture that I'd taken the previous day or two days previous on my phone. Um, and and then we were able to look and see where, see where the exactly other ones are. we hadn't seen um, a couple of days previous. So that was really cool to see. Um, yeah, and then uh, drove back down, back home that afternoon or that evening. So. You didn't you didn't uh, hit Pancake Bay or Batchewana Bay or anything? No, I stopped at, I've stopped at Batchewana Bay a couple of times. Of uh, Pancake Bay, I, no, I don't think I and none of us stopped at Batchewana. I stopped at um, Batchewana. I stopped at in the last time I was through there, May 2017. There was a bench just sitting right on the beach and got a nice picture of my shoes looking over out to where the Edmund Fitzgerald is lying. Yeah. Um, that, uh, before it enters Whitefish Point, or they presume no, no, they do know it's out there. Yeah, they know. Yeah, they know where it is. They know where it is now. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I didn't stop at the beach this time, but I stopped at the uh, that collection of gift stores just up the road from yeah. there. Right? Yeah, the trading so, post things and yeah. yeah. So I did stop there and uh, spent a couple bucks and stopped in the Sioux for a quick bite and gas and just yeah just put the miles down because it was coming but the last hour and a half coming into Toronto that night that was a Friday night but third Friday in August it was just pouring rain yeah like there's been very few times where I've like been like okay I should pull over right now and that was one of the nights where it's like I probably should have but I did yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got I stopped to, for gas at the uh that's the the on route station at a highway rest stop just outside Barrie and um, waited for a little break in the rain and got a rest. So yeah, it's it's hard. You're you're straining and whatnot driving and that when it gets too hot. Yeah, and I'm eight hours you know? into driving yeah. and paddling and up early and yeah, so it was, Takes it was time for a break. Yeah. So well, it sounds like you had a good trip. A fantastic trip. You gonna go again sometime? Hell yeah. Yeah, it was my first time. Everybody's so, so, so surprised. Like, what do you mean this is your first time paddling Superior? Every time I've been on Superior, it's either been unprepared before I was paddled, before I paddled, um, unprepared or off. Just it wasn't seasoned to, to paddle that. Yeah. Um, like the last time I, I was along the coastline was uh, May 2017, and that was when I was on my way back from a trip to Florida, and I came home via Vancouver. Right, so I, you know, I kind of did a big yeah, triangle kind of, of North took, America. You took a wrong turn. Yeah, at took a wrong turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Savannah, Georgia, actually. Um, but yeah, it, so I was dressed for Florida paddling, right? Because um, dying to paddle Superior, uh, I wanted to stop a couple times on that trip and do day trips, but I just wasn't prepared for it. And there's no way I was going to Lake Superior in May with the, uh, you know, my Florida paddling gear. Yeah. So. No, I, I'm in the same boat. I've never been able to paddle on Superior. I've been there many times, but uh, it just never cooperates. Um, I've arrived there to beautiful, flat, calm evening water, thinking this is going to be a great week. You pitch your tent, you go to bed, you wake up in the morning. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Sucker. Well, it's funny. That day that we were, when we got back from... 
Gargantua, the big day, Ed and I were down on the beach because it was starting to clear up a little bit. Um, and we were just hanging out on the beach watching the water. But it was still rough. Like, it was still a good meter, meter and a half waves out a bit. And then by the time I got to, to, to shore, like, and then we looked down the beach a kilometer or so, and there was this canoe coming in. Really? And we're like, where the hell did they come from? And then they beach, and then all of a sudden they're just walking the canoe up to shore. Like, the one guy was walking the canoe up to shore. So I'm like, did they just go out with an empty canoe just to have fun and we didn't see the launch? Or... Like they're coming seem, around no somewhere. There's no gear. They're like it's not like they're out on trip with a decked canoe or something and um, surfed it in because you could see it surging in with the surf. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we were about a kilometer away, but it was it was hard to see the definition of anything that was going on. But I'm just like, yeah, I, I would go out there in a canoe if I was looking to play or something like that, and had somebody else there, and 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 depending on the height of the waves, but to go out there to paddle purposely on a trip with oh. gear and everything no, like that's, that that's a wind day yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You just sit on the beach all day and relax yeah it's, uh i wish i wish uh i wish we'd been closer so we could went up and talked to the guy or seen exactly what was going on because it was definitely like me and ed were just like what the mm-hmm. so, awesome yeah it was a fantastic trip can't wait to get up there whether it's uh don't it'll be this year but next year for sure um, you know, there's a couple hundred miles more coastline to discover up there too. We only oh, there's, did, yeah. We did a couple little bits of it. Um, you know. Thunder so, Bay. Thunder Bay, the Pakistan coastline, yeah. you know, even, um, Lake Superior Provincial Park, uh, down through Montreal River Harbor towards, Lake yeah. Sup- uh, to Sault Ste. Marie. Um, and even the other side of Luke's, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, the Northern, Northern Channel, Northern Channel or the, yeah, the North Channel call it, of, yeah. of, uh, Georgian Bay Lake Huron and that just, um, yeah, got to get back up north. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, man. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And like I say, this is the week where we're talking to everybody else. When we come back, I was on with, uh, John Berger earlier in the week and he, we chatted about his upper Iowa river trip. So we're going to take a quick break here. When I come back, uh, we'll, uh, Listen to the uh, little chit chat I have with John about uh, the Upper Iowa River. Hold on, I'm not going to oh. have to listen to it now and when the podcast comes out, am I? You're going to have to listen to you, it. Yeah, you can only listen yeah. to that guy so much. Like, no, seriously. you know you've you got to listen to it now and help me pick out all the errors, Shit. and then 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 you'll have to listen to it again just to make sure we got them all. Damn it! <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store. 
with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, like I said before we went to break there, I had a chit-chat with John Van Berger about his Upper Iowa River trip. Uh, He seemed to enjoy it. Uh, We did talk about his Oh Shit kit that the Outdoor Kind puts out because he had a chance to use it on this trip. So... Uh, here's my uh, little chit chat with John and, um, it sounds like he had a, uh, a good time. So give a listen. Hey John, welcome to this week's show, buddy. How's it going? Oh, um, actually I'm a little heartbroken right now. Why? Well, right before I knew you were going to call in the time you were going to call, I pulled up my GoPro footage from the trip I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Mm-hmm. And I got nothing. What do you mean you got nothing? I got nothing. All my videos that I took of, of this incredibly beautiful place are nothing recorded. What did you use? <laughs> this was on a GoPro. It was with, you know, good uh, good SD card and everything. And not sure what happened. Uh, brand new GoPro, and I had an older one too, and I've got literally nothing came up. Really? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've got to let it go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand that, but it's, you know, it's that where you have these these incredibly what you think are this beautiful scenery in front of you and gorgeous afternoon light and all of this stuff, and I'm thinking this is going to be great, and I'm shooting video as we're paddling along. And guess what? No, the video. Nothing. Was it? Re- did it show his recording? Yeah, and it sounded, you know, like everything was good, right? And I'd, I'd turn it off, and I'd hear the, you know, the number of beeps that indicated it's off. And so I'm going down the river thinking everything's good, and yeah, so I'm a little heartbroken, but you know, has it I'll done this before? It. No, that's why I'm kind of confused as to what's going on. New uh, chips. New cards? Uh, no, old ones. So. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I know some of my equipment, my video equipment, does not take. Some, some of the newer stuff doesn't take the older cards. Some of the older ones no. don't take the newer cards. And, right. Yeah. And so, things maybe, like that. So Maybe. But, you know, for a photographer, and and I know, I know you know, as, as much great photography work as you do, it's, that, that it's hard to explain to somebody. For most people, it's like, oh bummer for somebody that really you know it's just like oh dude yeah yeah yep so anyway i feel your pain i feel your pain (laughs) (laughs) beyond that i'm okay so you had a wonderful trip then i had a great trip you just Uh, have a great getting back part (laughs) yeah that's right you know the trip it was over in uh northeast iowa yep and you know, again, a place I never thought, you know, oh, I got to go paddle there or anything. And my friend Lisa that I had met out on the Wisconsin River and uh, on that paddle said, you got to come over and paddle this. Right. And it was, it was beautiful. It was, yeah. So, you know, most people think Iowa is flat and cornfields and, and a lot of it is, right? But the northeast corner of the state is what's called the driftless region. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, a uh, place where the in, during the last uh, when the last glaciers came down, uh, they didn't hit that area. So, like southern Wisconsin has all of the driftless in southern Wisconsin has all of these beautiful 
you know, little valleys and bluffs and hills, and it's really stunning. And it's on the other side of the Mississippi as well, over in Iowa. Right. And uh, oh man, is it, it it is gorgeous. It is, I can see why so many people rave about this now. So this is the Upper Iowa River, not the Iowa River. Right. Yeah, the Iowa River is down south. Down south. And, uh, yeah. So this is the Upper Iowa River. It is uh, stunning. I, I heard. I saw somewhere there was another name for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's like they've had three different names for this over time, right? Oni, sort Oni, of, is it Oniota or something like that? Yeah, yeah, Oniota. Is that um, what it is? Okay, something. Yeah, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that was the other name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 156 miles long, 251 kilometers. Yeah, it is. Uh, Starts up in Leroy, Minnesota, and runs down to the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can paddle a lot of it, and there are all kinds of access points on it. So it's not something you have to through paddle. It's something you can hop on here, you know, easy day on and off kind of thing. And right. uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's you know when you look at it, this is one of those things like oh, okay, well let's do this section now, and we'll do this section later. And but we did the the section that is, you know, has the most of these bluffs that are, that the area is known for, you know, that this paddle is known for. So, so where did you put in? So what we did is we went up to, uh, the put in Kendallville. Uh, and I think we, that's the most popular put in, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Kendallville or the chimney rock put in are the two where, you know, most people go. Right. So, what uh, what I wanted to do was was with us. I'd looked at some reports online, and they said, you know, if it's below two hundred, uh, the flow rate, don't go <laughs> or expect a scrape fest. And it was about one eighty nine when we went over. So rather than take, uh, you know, either the canoe or the kayaks over, I thought, well, let's let's just rent an old aluminum one from one of the. You know the outfitters over there. So instead of draw- destroying our own, <laughs> yes, let's destroy right. someone else's. Well, you don't want to take a really nice, you know, your your own gear out there when they've got these bulletproof old yeah. aluminum. You know, yeah, yeah. Why take a smart car where you're going to take a big old Buick? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and so. Uh, I told this to Lisa. I'm like, well, why don't we just, you know, rent one? And she says, oh, well, I've got a friend who's offered us his canoe. It hasn't been used in ages. And it was an old Michicraft canoe. And it was Michicraft from Michigan. Yeah. And it it had been sitting under wood, under a wood pile for years. But it's an aluminum canoe. An aluminum, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like the Grumman style. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, it was literally under the wood pile. So she pulled it out of there, and we uh, we drove up to get it. And and again, the, you know, you're driving through this really pretty area, and it's farm country. And you know, I grew up in farm country, so I'm I'm looking at this and just you know, it's just beautiful. And, and little churches and everything. So very picturesque, very middle America. And we went by this one church in particular. It was really beautiful. I'm like, oh, this is, I got to see the name of this one, you know? Big Canoe Lutheran Church. Get out. 
new. Seriously. <laughs> Big Canoe Lutheran Church. And I'm like, you know what? I could go here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. And cool. uh, so anyway, so we went and we got this old this old 80-pound aluminum canoe. And uh, I was very glad that we had that because, you know, I would say within probably the first 20 minutes maybe, it was like we started to get a sense of what, you know, what we were up against as, as we started paddling. And uh, so there was a lot of scraping and, and uh, metal on rock noises on this trip. Ooh, yeah, you definitely <laughs> don't want to take your own. Yeah, well, you know, and it was funny too because when we put in, she hops in and I'm I'm standing at the stern and, uh, you know, I'm getting my, you know, the photos and getting everything sort of set or so I thought, um, <laughs> getting things together and notice that water is already coming in as she sits down. I was like, hmm, okay, That's let's see where this goes. Yeah, it's not supposed to do that. The no. point of a boat is that it doesn't do that. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. But, uh, you know, that and a little bit of styrofoam came floating out, you know, little chunks of styrofoam where mice or chipmunks or whatever had been living in it as well, you know, had torn up for a nest or. Right at the front know, and the back? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> yummy. So, yeah, yeah. So, but, um, lots of little small, you know, kind of little, I mean, class one rapid sections and riffles and a lot of fun. And you're running through woods and farmland and, you know, so sometimes you're in, under trees and corn and then you're up against these bluffs and then these cliff faces and it, it's a it's a beautiful place. You got any pictures to show of it? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> no, no pictures. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's right. I'm just making this whole story up from a travel brochure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I did get some photos, uh, I, you know, with my cell phone toward the end, I took some, right. uh, you know, just to, because there were some spots you're just like, I want to get some decent stills in addition to, you know, some of the, some of the footage that I had hoped to have. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool river. The, the water with it being so low meant that you were constantly really paying, you had to pay attention. Were you and in was, and out of the canoe or was it, it was low <laughs> enough but deep enough to paddle, but we were in and out a lot. Okay. Um, in fact, you know, Lisa was pretty good at reading the river and we, you know, we'd kind of go through and, and it did notice. So it was kind of funny because they're like, look, and you look ahead and you say, okay, well, where's that V going? How far can we go down? Okay. Let's try over here. We're okay. We're doing, you know, we're doing all right. And then as the day goes on and, and you've been in and out of the canoe a lot, it was kind of like, which which side do you think here? And she'd be like, yeah, just right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done weaving. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you hit that point at, uh, eventually. But it's, uh, you know, one of those things, that the first time, first couple of times, right, you you, you grudgingly get out. You've probably had these trips, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, nah, no, nah, nah. And then eventually you just see it and you know where it's coming. You hop out, walk it hop back in and keep going. Yeah. And it got so frequent that I was making jokes. It's like, hey, I'm getting my steps in this trip, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why don't I just walk while you paddle? Exactly. At one point I had gotten out and was walking. And because of our weight difference, you know, it was basically me hanging the canoe up on yeah. everything. right. 
So I would just get out and, and let her stay in, and I'd just walk down the next section, hop back in, and we'd keep going. Well, I got hopped out once, and I didn't say anything. I thought she realized we had hopped out because it started to get hung up. She thought we just kind of went over it, and I lost the boat. <laughs> so <laughs> she's actually going downstream in this channel, and it swings in, and she kind of like looks back, and she sees me walking, and she's like, Oh, <laughs> it kind of swings in and cartwheels a bit, and it's like, "Hang on, I'll catch up to you now." Oh, sorry, I've stepped out for a pee, and <laughs> yeah, that's right. But the wow. you know the the meantime during this this whole thing too, the boat is filling up with with water, and it's not like the the river water is beautiful; it's really really clear and everything. The water that was coming out of these, you know. The front um, compartments, yeah. Yeah, and, and the <clears throat> stern as well was really dark. <laughs> so it, it was, was kind of like... old boat. Yeah, and a lot of mouse and chipmunk... Um, Bits. What's, what's that? Bits. Yeah, things were coming <laughs> out that... Yeah, I was thinking as I was looking down at it, and again, we've got, we're getting gallons and gallons, and, and pretty soon my feet are all the way under, and you're Ew. like, hmm, yeah, this is not good, but, you know... I'm, I'm probably building up some great immunity to stuff right now. <laughs> so basically there's a, a crack in the front and the back where the water was coming in. It was going through that styrofoam filter. Yes. <laughs> and washing all the good bits out of that filter all over your feet. That's right. That's, That's awesome. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I had a, I had a, a white, uh, white gr- silver kind of uh, paddling shirt that I'd brought along just in case I wanted to to put that on and that fell in the water with a bandana and it was just like, Oh God, I'll never be able to use these again. <laughs> well, I guess these are being burned when we get home. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know that we did, we did 18 miles that day. The, the gem section of this is, um, you know, when you hit chimney rock, then, you know, this is, you know, it's already been the, the cool thing is it's already been really nice and beautiful, and then you hit Chimney Rock, and that's when it gets spectacular. from there down, right. and there's a there's a Palisades area there. Uh, the bluffs are 280 feet high. Wow! And yellow, uh, what is it? Um, the I think it's just this sort of Yellowstone, and just gorgeous. And they call one there's one half mile section where it's just exposed rock, and, right? And as you're going into the corner, that's really all you can see. So visually, it's it's stunning. They call it Calendar Corner because so many photos are taken there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And now you you may or may not believe this, but when we hit those, it was late in the afternoon. Beautiful gold light on the rock. At one point, there was the rock. Looked up at the rock, and I saw this perfect shadow of us paddling along. Because the light had just, you know, was just at the right height where it came down, hit us, and then reflected up on the rock. And I turn on the GoPro and I'm looking over it as I'm paddling, thinking, you know, this is going to be great. <laughs> and in another dimension in the universe, it was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm good. You know, we'll probably get done here. I'll probably go cry someplace. See, but, uh, at that point when I got home and found out there was nothing on that GoPro, mm-hmm. that GoPro would be embedded in a wall. <laughs> <laughs> kind of permanently. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, ultimately, you know, it probably is operator error somehow. So I'm going to go back through and I want to take another trip here. And so I want to make sure everything's working and, and, you know, go through it well. But, um, yeah, it didn't work out on this one, but but you know, again, you had that experience, right? I will never yeah. forget that image. It just means you got to go back. Well, exactly. At high water, right? I know. Yeah. And what I'm hoping is, you know, like with fall colors here, maybe a big storm on a lot of water, and then go out and see fall colors, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get all those videos again. That's right, because you or know not. the big storm won't knock down any of those leaves or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> But um, lots of wildlife, a uh, lot of, uh, I mean, deer and lots of birds, you know. So uh, the small green herons, kingfishers, bald eagles, hawks, vultures. Um, in fact, we had one uh, juvenile bald eagle. We'd gone under a, a tree that had fallen over, and it was fairly recent, so it still had a lot of leaves on it, so you couldn't really see in the tree well. And as we were going under it, the eagle, the juvenile eagle, dropped and swooped down and literally right in front of the boat. It was, cool. you know, yeah, it was just like, oh, this is awesome. So a lot of a lot of bald eagles, and um, it was fantastic. Cool. How was the weather? Weather was great. It was, uh, you know, kind of thing where it was in the what was it uh, uh, mid forties at night, so around what seven ish. Seven Celsius, sure. And um, you know, and during the day it was sixties, high six, mid high sixties during the day Fahrenheit. So it was like beautiful weather. It was perfect paddling weather, right? Um, so we got out, dumped out gallons and gallons of black water, <laughs> and started driving back to the campsite. We stayed in Decor at a, a little city campground, which was incredibly loud, like one of the loudest I've ever been in. But as we're driving back, you know, the roads go up on, on top of those hills and up, up into the farm country. And as I was going back, you know, this was when we just had that big corn moon that, you know, it's not supposed to be as big for, I don't know, I don't know how many more years. Right. And so that, that came up and it was just that orange, that beautiful moon, you know. Oh, yeah. And you love that kind of stuff. And so we go back to the campground. And you drive down into the valley to in down into Decorah to get to the campgrounds right on the on the water. So we got to the parking lot of the campground and I start pulling things out and I turn around and I look and just coming up over the trees is the moon again. So it's like a second moonrise. I'm like, this is awesome. Cool. <laughs> I've got two two moonrises from the same moon. Kind and like uh, yeah. So I got everything together, took it all down to the tent. And then the moon came up over the trees down low. So it was like a third moon rises, like, oh, this is perfect, you know. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, so you stayed at the campground at night? Yep. Um, um, the next day? Next day, got up, and uh, there, was a, there was a couple in a couple sites down from us. And they, he, you could see he had a, a wilderness systems pungo. Uh, turned oh, yeah. upside down in the campsite, and and they had their tent. So we ended up going down and chatting with them a bit. And a couple's name that was Dan and Amanda, and they lived in Iowa. And he was doing a through paddle on the river and going all the way down to the Mississippi. Okay. And so she was 
uh, she couldn't go on this trip with him. She normally does. But so she was providing support and visiting him on some of the nights along the way. Right. So, you know, we're just chatting about the river and everything. And, and I said, well, where did you put in? Because I was thinking, like, after that great day, I was thinking, geez, maybe I want to come over and through paddle the whole thing. This would be pretty awesome. And uh, he said, well, I went to go up to the very first put-in at Chester. Right. And so there is a, a really great, if you go online, you're looking for the Upper Iowa River, you'll find a PDF that gives you all of these different sections, has information on campgrounds, everything. It's really great. And so that one says, yeah, start at Chester, and you know, you'll, you'll be good to go from there. And so he got there and looked down right from the, right from the put-in place. He could see a large multi-string barbed wire fence, like permanent barbed wire fence, across the river from, down from the put-in. Really? And yeah. And something he's like, there's no way you could get through this. Isn't that illegal? It is. It is. Um, so he was looking around. He said there were some people that were nearby, like in these golf courts, and they were really watching them, you know. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, deal with this. So he got back in the vehicle, and he went back down to the next put-in, which was at Litke Mill. And he left from there. Unfortunately, he said there were four to five single-strand barbed wire fences across the river. He said they were all unmarked, really hard to see, and he said that in in a couple of cases, and there was one in particular that sounded especially bad, said that if the water would have been any higher and any faster, he would have been in serious trouble. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, that, that's really disappointing to hear. And, 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 you know, depending on the the river designation, what it's designated at, uh you know, they should not be able to do that. No. And well, I got is there was it cow pastures? Um, I don't know what or was on the other somebody s- stringing to kill somebody. Yeah, I think it's cow pastures nearby, more than likely, right? Um, given this particular area, but you know, there's there's you know, there's been cases, right? Where yeah, like uh, like you know, where they were, you know, the the owner of the land around it was shooting at people going by. Yeah, yeah, that happened a couple of years back. There, we uh, talked about that one. Yeah, that was a huge so, court case. Yeah, and and it was decided in favor of the kayakers. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so. And it, I think that one particular guy's in jail too, or went to jail yeah, for a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, so he said it was it was had kind of been, you know been pretty tough. So th- th- I thought that was really good you know good info of him to share and everything. So anyway, we we chatted for a little bit more, and and both he and his wife were really nice. So we exchanged you know contact numbers, and so we can get in touch later and talk about the rest of his trip. You, you know, you're just kind of curious how the rest of it goes, right? Mm-hmm. So then I had a decision to make at that point because, you know, was doing this trip and covering it for Paddling Adventures Radio. (laughs) Do I go out for another paddle on another section of the river? And, you know, A, it's beautiful, but then the other hand, it's like really low and, you know, pretty uh, scrapey. Or do I go to Toppling Goliath Brewing? which is one of the Midwest's best breweries and located just outside of Decorah. You could do both. 
Look, you're going to do one. If you're going to do it well, you're only going to do one. (laughs) So I take it paddling wasn't the chosen. (laughs) I may have actually gone to toppling Goliath Brewing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It is a, it is a a really, you know, well-known brewery. I've wanted to get over there for a number of years and it never worked out. So um, we went over there. um, Lisa was like, yeah, I'll just have a couple of, you know, small samples. So she's like, have as much as you want. I'll be the designated driver then. So, uh, <laughs> long, lazy afternoon there, my friend. 30 and, beers uh, later. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they have a lot of beers that you can get there that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And so you've got to try all of those while you're there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're there and we're, we've been there for a bit and, and, um, she's long since stopped, uh, you know, uh, sampling anything imbibing yes and so i am continuing to imbibe because i have a designated driver um and i get a text message and it's from dan the gent that we had talked to earlier in the day right he has a hole in the bottom of his kayak it is letting water in and um we're like well where are you you know she had told him uh, a good place to go camp and everything you know that night and um so, turns out that his phone, though, battery was low, so he didn't have it on much. So, I just said, look, we're on the way. Uh, we'll try to find you, and I'll bring some repair stuff, you know. So, I grab my oh shit kit, right? my first aid kit, and we take off, and we drive all over the place, and we can't find him. And he's, you know, the first place we went to was the place she told him to go. And we're trying to, you know, figure out miles by, you know, how fast the river's going and how long it would take him and everything. And uh, couldn't find him anyplace. So went back to the campground and uh, Lisa had to go back then to her home in La Crosse and because uh, she had to work early the next morning. So I stayed there at the campsite. Well, I got a, a note from him uh, after I went to bed and, and he had texted and said, Hey, I made it to that campsite she told me about, um, but it's, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, maybe we can connect tomorrow then. Mm-hmm. So I got up, said, hey, I'm on the way. And, there's, you know, it seems like there's these lag times between the text. And I get a note from him saying, I'm taking off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make it work. He's got everything kind of now stowed up in the, in the bow of, of the pungo. And he's he's out on the water. So I thought, well, geez, I'm just going to go ahead. I, I break camp uh, and take off, and, and I keep hitting all the different take-ins, right, the bridges and the take-ins, and can't find him anywhere. So I get to one. I'm like, he's got to be coming down here. So I, I was – it didn't look like – from the road, it looked like a decent takeout. But from the river, it just looked like, you know, just maybe a spot where – you know, farm boys came down to the river or something, you know, there right. was, there really wasn't much there. So I thought, okay, I'll leave a note for him. So one of the things I talk about in, in with the old shit kit is m- uh, mechanical communications to take out a, take out a marker, take out a Sharpie mm-hmm. and, you know, a pencil, I've got a pencil in there and it's wrapped with duct tape and stuff. And so I, I thought, what can I leave this note on? Cause it's gotta be something big that he can see. And, after uh, we had gotten back, because the campground is in town, I ordered a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is roughing it, Sean. I want you to know. This is roughing it. All for science. 
all for science. So I make a, a, a sign on the back of this pizza box. I go down and I wedge it in some logs on the side of the river. Just basically says, look, I'm going to go up to the next stop to see if I can find you. Uh, if you're not there, I'll come back here and wait. And I di- you know, put the time on it. So I went down there. He's not there. Turn around, go back. And as I'm pulling into the takeout, he's walking up from the river and he's just cracking up laughing, you know, and I started laughing because it was like, I can't believe that worked, you know, <laughs> but you had the pizza box. So, you know, well, you gotta, gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, uh, got, uh, you know, turned the, the boat over and he had taken like a cloth and, and had forced it down in there to try to prevent stuff from coming through the hole. Right. It worked to some degree, but you know there was there's a lot of water in there. So um, I took I uh, in my oh shit kit I have this Lexal sealant which works in uh, you know in wet or dry conditions. Right. And I put that on there, let it cure a little bit, covered that with duct tape off of that uh, off of that pencil that I had wrapped around there, turned it over, and then just really caked the inside of of that back and it was all the way on the back of the stern. Right. So all the way back in there and got that in, got it loaded with that. And then we let it cure and we just, you know, kind of relaxed a bit. He had cut his hand a bit. So I grabbed my first aid kit. We took care of that. And, um, it just reminded me, you know, of like when I, when I talked at presentations and I talk about the emergency kit and the need for one, it's like one thing I always try to let people know it doesn't necessarily have to be for you. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, if you know, you know that, other people get injured that you come across, right? Right, exactly. And so, and that was sort of like proof positive with this, you know. So these things that that I've been carrying with me, it's like, yeah, that was, you know, um, was glad to have them. You mm-hmm. know, was glad to have them. Then, so, but uh, really nice guy. We just sat there and and uh, you know chatted for a little bit, let that uh, you know heal up well. And I said, well, what you know, what happened last night? And he said, well, he said, I, I got to that camping area, and, and it sounded like he got there at about dark or later. Right. Um, tried to get a fire going, couldn't really get a good fire going, had a little bit to eat, and went to sleep. Problem was, his bag was completely soaked um, from the hole in the kayak. Right. And so he said it was just a miserable night, because it was like 7 Celsius yeah. at that point, uh, mid-40s. So... Eventually, he fell asleep, and then he woke up around somewhere between 1 and 2, he said, just like uncontrollably shaking. And it was like, ooh, hypothermia is not a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So he got up, um, got another fire going, and uh, you know had a bit more to eat. And then he eventually got warm enough that he felt like he could go back and go to sleep and be safe, you know? Yeah. So it was a... It was a uh, a very eventful trip for him. Yeah, and for you apparently too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ended up he ended up uh, going all the way down then uh, to the Mississippi. He made it down there in good shape. He said that the the uh, the fix held perfectly. So that was I was glad to hear that. You know, that's good. And uh, got down to the Mississippi and sent me a photo of of uh, the confluence of the rivers. So pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Now on your uh, what is it? Outdoorkind.org. Yes. Page under mm-hmm. the shop tab. If you scroll down, 
you mm-hmm. actually have the Oh Shit Emergency Kit brochures that people can download. Yes, and we really want to encourage people to do that. That's Again, that's just sort of one of the reasons that we set up the company was to try to prevent emergencies and, and problems on the water. So, yeah, theoutdoorkind.org. And if you go down just before, I think, the shop um, section of that of that website, you'll see a PDF that you can download. So, mm-hmm. by all means, please do so. Oops. Yeah, yeah. And there's also one for winter if uh, you're into winter camping and that. And as we are getting close. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, well, it sounds like you had a good time. Regardless. It was a great time. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean... Um, I felt like on the, you know, because my background is, is kayaking, being in the canoe and having to do a lot more sort of serious dodging, you know, uh, on the river, I really felt like my skills were improving, like noticeably improving between the Wisconsin and now this. Right. And feel very comfortable. And, and, you know, there were some times, it was, it was honestly a really good feeling because there were a couple of times where there were some strainers and, you you know, getting out of the way of those. And then there were trees that were hanging over. And I remember at one point telling Lisa, I said, I'm going to put you through that opening. And she had complete trust and faith. And it was just like, I just straight in through, she went into the opening, no problems. And, you know, between the branches and, uh, it felt good, man. It, it, yeah. it feels good to, to start really developing those skills, you know? Oh, you know what? And that's, I mean, one of the things I do is I'll be aiming for, I, I call it parallel parking the canoe. You know, you're coming straight for like a, um, like when we were doing the lock system, you're coming mm-hmm. straight for a giant cement wall. And at last yeah. second, you're able to turn it so the, the back end of your canoe sort of just spins right around and you're right against the wall. And it's right. just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that an awesome feeling? Yeah, that you got that much control, you know. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty so cool. I, that was you know there was that piece of it. There was you know uh, the the chance to go out and you know I'm, uh, hang out with Lisa some more and make a few new friends and yeah, it was great Try all the way around. Drink some beers and drink some beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the name of that brewery again? The brewery is Toppling Goliath, and the one that they have in the brewery that you can only get there was called Dolphin Sparkles. Dolphin and, Sparkles. So if anybody's and, in Iowa, northern mm-hmm. Iowa, mm-hmm. you might want to go check that one out. Yeah, if they haven't already. This place is huge. It brings in so many people, you know. Um, but it is one of those things where you're like, this is this is good beer. They know what they're doing. Well, I think the next time we're able to cross the border one way or the other, yes, you need to stop in Iowa mm-hmm. and bring some of that <laughs> Dolphin sparkle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Along for I think the ride. it's uh I think it's Citra and Nelson Savine hops. I think the Nelson Savine is a New Zealand hop, if I remember right. And it's oh it's fantastic. Awesome. Really good. Yeah. And if the border never opens up, I'll drink one on your behalf, my friend. I'm gonna start some sort of underground railway or <laughs> a little tram car or something that can cross the border. That's right. Yeah. And that's what, so I can bring you up some of that. Was it Uncle Nearest as well? Oh, yeah. The Uncle Nearest Whiskey. As yeah. I've been watching. If anybody has Netflix, and I really hate to sound like a commercial for Netflix. <laughs> we were told about this show, Somebody Feed 
Phil. Uh, Phil Rosenthal is the co-creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. And he's got a third season just came out of this show. Everybody, somebody feed Phil. He travels the world to these different main cities and stuff and eats his, all these little places and eats and, and, and just the looks on his face and everything when he eats something that he likes and it's hilarious. And he's always picking on his brother, Richard, who's on the crew. Uh, his -hmm. son is actually on the crew and whatnot. And like, uh, season three, if you watch the first couple of seasons and, and he's picking on Richard all the time, uh, season three, he comes up with things. Yeah, let's go here and sink up to our waist in mud. Yeah, it'll be great, <laughs> I was told. Stupid Richard. <laughs> so it's, at, it, it's, it is really hilarious. Um, but in one of the episodes, they were they were drinking stuff. And one of the things that he was drinking was called... Uncle Nearest Whiskey. Mm. And uh, um, supposed to be really good. So, But we can't get it up here in Canada. So, I tell you what I'll do out of the goodness of my heart. You're going to buy one, drink it, and let me know how it is? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I or, do the same for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, the other option is you could order it, send it to me here. And then and you I'll drink it. it and... Yes, right. I'd Let me know drink it on your dime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That works out, out for one of, of us. Heart. Well, you know, I'm just, just, you know, I'm here for you, buddy. I wonder if somebody can. You know what we're going to end up doing? What's that? Everything that you can't get down here and want us to get you, <laughs> and everything that's down there that we can't get and you have to get, right? For, and then we're going to plan this big meetup in the middle of Quetico somewhere. I think so. Yeah. And we're just going to exchange all this crap and then head back. <laughs> You know, and and the border patrol is just going to wait for us now. Oh, they're just going to wait for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's going to be this giant black market right in the middle. That's right. (laughs) What you need? What you need? We'll be looking for, okay, now, how many, is there any way we can get there without portages? Because I am not carrying all that beer. I'm not carrying all this stuff. How come there's 47 canoes going in today (laughs) on both sides of the border? Yeah, that's, right. that's awesome. What's going on? They said knowingly. Yeah, it's kind of like the, you know, you'll see those big fur trade canoes going up there. And, yeah, nothing yeah. to see here. Big Voyager canoes that were just recreating history. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the ticket, yeah. yeah. Maybe not the Voyager history, but more like the uh, Prohibition history, but, you know. Well, the Voyagers used to carry little casks of rum. Yes, they did. Right? So... Yep. So get me a cask of that Uncle Nearest. <laughs> a cask now, a is cask, it? Yeah, you know, whatever. Okay. That, that doesn't have to be a really big one. But, you know, I mean, you will understand too, right? If if I'm paddling and I'm having a hard time and, you know, headwind or something like that. And you need to stop for a sippy sip. Right. To to, to let some of that out to help with the ballast and, and trim on that, yeah. that big canoe. You understand that, right? I understand that. Okay. And if I get to the portage and I have to lighten the load. Yeah. You understand that too. I understand that too. And you understand for every drink you take, the less money you get. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to sell it by weight. Does anybody need smokes while we're at it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, To place your order for things that need to be crossing the border, call (laughs) (laughs) 1-800- 
<laughs> yeah. Neither Get of us free. are ever getting yeah. the border's gonna open up, but you yeah. and I are now are never getting you're across never it again. Hey, you're Sean from Paddling Adventures Radio. Yeah, you're not entering today. Sean <laughs> <laughs> Van Bigger, yeah, turn around. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Don't worry, we yeah. got a backup plan. We got other islands to go through. <laughs> wait all this time yeah. to get across the border and then we can't because we made some jokes on the podcast <laughs> hey Derek what are you doing buddy that's right <laughs> and now Derek can't go either <laughs> let's go back and edit all this to say let's that get Derek him disqualified by proxy yeah, that's ah. right. no sir it was actually Derek and his American cousin that was talking yeah. about this yeah. yeah it was it was it was Jean J-E-A-N, his French cousin. That's right. Yeah, they're going to buy that, right? Now, now he, where is he off to right now? He's he's off in the Burt Reynolds run, right? They are off on the third annual Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. They're up That's on the uh, Noir Riviere up in Quebec. Cool. Um, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They're Lucky having, him. They should be having a good time doing it. Yeah. Yep. Third yep. annual. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm not feeling, you know, I, I just got off a great trip, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I've got another one coming up, and yeah. Well, so. we'll have to put some pictures out. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, oh. what, I've got a few pictures I put up, and you'll be like, oh, that's gorgeous. And it's like, yeah, you should have seen the ones that got away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just means you got to go back. Means it got to go back. Yeah, it does. Yep. Alrighty, man. Well, thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thank you. Appreciate your uh, giving call down here. Yeah, you know it's what we do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I say, you're going on another trip. Well, it's, but it's not a paddling trip, so we really don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's in a place surrounded by water. Yeah. So uh, yeah, have a good time there, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Don't, don't a... get eaten by wolves. Well, you know, they got all of these miscreant wolves that they're bringing down from Canada. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like your juvenile baddie wolves that they're bringing down here. Going to eat some people. <laughs> it's Australia all over again. That's right. There you go. On the, on the tiny Isle Royale. Yeah. yeah. You're going hiking from one end to the other. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, it's too late. I, I really would love to actually rent a, a canoe or a kayak over there and do some paddling as well because there's, you know, there's some great har protected harbors and there's some really uh, great inland lakes. But um, because it's so late in the season and because of COVID, the combination, there's nothing open over there right now. So basically, right. they're going to drop me off. Uh, I'll go a, a flight plane, uh, a float plane in, drop me off, and then they'll pick me up on the other end of the island. Uh, about eight days later. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. This is a bucket list thing, you know, so, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this one. Excellent. Well, you should have fun. If I don't get killed by Canadian wolves, I'll be having yeah. a great time. Yeah. I'll <laughs> just make sure they, you know, I'll, I'll send it through our Canadian contacts to tell them not to kill you because we've got to meet up. Not, not until they get my whiskey anyway. <laughs> Leave right. that one alone, boys. Leave that guy alone. <laughs> And if you want to send hate mail saying wolves don't eat people, please send that to Derek Specht, care of Paddling <laughs> Adventures Radio. <laughs> That'll learn you, Derek. Taking time off. 
Yeah. Uh, all right, John, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot for calling in. And, uh, yeah. yeah, if we don't talk to you before you leave in a few days, you have a good one. I will, and uh, we'll chat soon, bud. Take care. You too. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So it sounds like John had a good time except for his GoPro experience. Um, And like you say earlier, it's nice that he got to use his oh shit kit. He always talks about uh, bringing it along and... Uh, you know, the one thing that he said there in the, in the interview was that, uh, you know, like a first aid kit, the oh shit kit and stuff like that is not necessarily carried for you. No. You know, <laughs> there's a chance that Rarely. somebody else may need help. And yeah. if you've got the gear and in this case, that's exactly what happens. So. I've never used, I've never used my ditch kit, which I always have had it up on superior and have it whenever I go kind of out on my own or whatever. And I've never had to use my first aid kit on yep. myself. I've had to use my first aid kit plenty of times for other people. Yep. Um, on trip, on day trips, in the parking lot, whatever. Um, I was having in the car, but, uh, never on myself. Knock wood. Yep. Uh, yep. I've never had to use a ditch kit and I've only ever had to use my first aid kit for other people. Huh. So uh, like you say, knock on wood. Um, other than that, you got, you got a couple other things. Yeah. Um, so next weekend, so the 26th, I think it is, um, John Brower, who joined you on the last day of the, uh, um, Trent Severn Waterway. Trent Severn with Ben Stacy and uh, the film crew. The get outside, yep. He's uh, he wants to paddle the length of uh, the region of Durham. So the region of Durham is a region just east of Toronto. Um, and that's going to be figures about sixty-two kilometers, about thirty-eight miles. So we're going to do that next Saturday in one shot. Kayaking, kayaking, sea kayaking. Lake Ontario, Lake Ontario at the end of September. Yep. So. Um, long range forecast doesn't look too bad. Um, I'm sure we'll have some afternoon west winds that'll push along the shoreline, which we'll be grateful. Um, but yeah, it'll be a long day. Um, 62 K, you know, we can do six K an hour pretty, pretty easily. There's only four of us who have said they've committed to doing it. I'm sure one will chicken out. Maybe two will join out. Who, you never know what those kind of things. Yeah. As we get closer to it, it, uh, We'll iron out some details. Um, he's He's got a volunteer that's uh, got a trailer and can do road support for us throughout the day. So that'll be neat in case, uh, you know, things uh, go sideways and we got to bail early. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. That should um, be fun. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend. Yeah, well, it's a kayak, and you do that uh, convertible kayak thing mostly, so. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> I take my kayak out. It's just not... Uh, yeah, I don't think my skills are up to your guys. Yeah, not, 62K not, in not. one day at the end of September on a Great Lake. Not for the canoe. faint of heart. I could do yeah. that with a canoe. Maybe not in Lake Ontario, but... 60K, though, in a canoe? Yeah. That's a long way in a canoe. Yeah. On flat water? Yeah. In over how many days? <laughs> one. One? Yeah. Six in the morning till God knows what time at night. <laughs> well, what would you do? Five k an hour? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't do. I wouldn't be doing a solo either, right? No, you'd you have pan, to have a good paddler. Yeah, yeah. Pan them. So, so yeah, yeah, so that's twelve five, hours. Five k an hour. Yeah. So you're twelve. Yeah, I think it's gonna. We're gonna be. A, it's gonna be a ten to twelve hour day. Well, and uh, see, there's no portages too, so that just adds on to it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we, the sea kayaks, we don't portage. Yeah. A little shout out for you, John Van Berger. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no portaging, there's no portaging in sea kayaking. Yeah. Um, now and again, like friends of mine were up near Franklin, Franklin Island last week. Um, it, the guided trip with uh, James of the Ontario Sea Kayak Center. He had uh, another friend of mine, uh, Cheryl and her family out. And they went over to Beaver Dam up on uh, Franklin Island um, in Georgian Bay there. So that's more of a pullover than a... Than a portage. Portage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's going to be a fight here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we don't like... Uh, they just they don't carry well, right? So yeah. it's fine to go from the parking lot to the beach or the put-in, but uh, beyond that, no thanks. No, no. Um, other than that, I've just been busy. I've, I've created a new Facebook group. Oh, uh, you hooligan, you yeah, hoodlums, so it, you uh, caused a little bit disturber of disturber uh, of doo doo. A little bit of ruckus in the uh, kayaking community because uh, um, so it's uh, on Facebook groups at Sea Kayak Ontario. I just noticed that there is a. Uh, there's lots of groups for everything on Facebook. If you own a Jeep, there's about 9 million groups. If you own a Mercedes, there's 10 million groups. Like, you know, um, canoeing, kayaking, camping, whitewater, you know, you name it, there, there's groups for it. Yeah. Um, and there's tons of regional groups as well. You know, like I belong to the Inland Seas, kayaking the Great Lakes. So there's the, the Durham Region kayaking. The Durham Region kayaking, the uh, Halton Region one, um, Toronto Harborfront Paddlers Group, the Detroit River Group, the St. Mary's River Group. Um, there was another uh, on, on Ontario group that was for kayakers in Ontario. And um, over time, it's just that I've lost interest in a lot of them because they didn't really fill um, the needs of me and my contemporaries. Um, you know, uh, just people that live in Ontario and you see kayaks. Right. Um, some other groups, uh, you know, the Inland Seas, it's like if I want to go to Marquette, Michigan, or the Pitchard Rocks or anything like that, I can get a ton of info there. Um, I can also get a ton of info on the North Shore of Lake Superior in Ontario, but i got to filter through all that. So this was the, the group I set up on the fly. I, I talked to a few people about it, um, friends and um, some stakeholders in the industry, including um, somebody whose name I'm also very uh, close to, the Ontario Sea Kayak Center. And they're like, hey, we've got no problem with it because I want it to be inclusive and cooperative. Um, a lot of groups don't allow commercial posts. Yep. They don't allow cross-promotion. They don't allow this. They don't allow that. They don't. I'm just like, F all that, you know, it's like, I don't want to be that, 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 that group rule admin guy with the big gavel that's cutting people off and closing off comments and deleting people and banning people and all that, um, which I find in, in, 
um, some groups, regardless of what it is, whether it's kayaking or canoeing or camping or yeah. any other interest. And it's just, um, yeah. And so far, it's been running a couple of weeks. We got, what we got, about 430-odd members now. And it's uh, there's just been some fantastic sharing and discussion already. Um, some slight jabs at me, some slight jabs at just some fun stuff of uh all to do with kayaking um or sea kayaking and that and it uh it looks like it's gonna be a fun ride um we had our first spam bot today that you know put all this spam stuff about money on all everybody's comments (laughs) you know got got the lovely job of being an admin having to deal with that but whatever goes goes with the territory but yeah just i'm looking forward to the fun ride like i said we kind of pissed off somebody else that uh and um has a similar name but you know, it's um, I've got a, a lot of support from people who like what I'm doing and like what we're doing. It's a collective. It's, um, you know, I may be the admin and I was the creator of it and uh, the grand poobah and all that of it. But it's really I want it to be the membership that uh, kind of guides where this thing is going. And um, rather than me or even like I, I don't even push Kingdom Outdoor products through, so it's not a it's not an avenue for me to for to build my commercial interests, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've said that I've said that it's even in the group rules. Like, if you have a kayak outfitter or you're a kayak retailer or you just have something that is of interest to ca- see kayakers in Ontario, you can post. Just don't be spammy. Yeah. Don't just spam. The oh shit yeah, out of it, yeah. Right? I, I there've been a couple spots and. There, there's that sort of things. Oh yeah, if you if you got something, put it on there, and then like every other post is yeah, it becomes like, you know yeah. what? Like go through your posts, and the only thing you're posting is hey, check this out, yeah. check this out, check this. Yeah. yeah, give it a rest. And I've also said you know post your pictures, but don't post the same sunset picture ninety seven different ways. Yeah, you know, pick yeah. one or two, post it. Like just don't be spammy. Let's just make this a a cool group. Um, no politics. God no. No politics. Yeah. That's that's one thing I will be heavy-handed on. Even yeah. there is little somebody was kind of going something about mentioning USA, and I'm like, oh come on, don't make me have to wa- watch this shit. Like it was anyway. It uh, it never blew up to where I thought it could have, but uh, no, it's gonna be a fun ride. So it's uh, grown quite quick, uh, way quicker than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be like me and me watching it for the first two months or something. But yeah, the only reason it's grown is because they're fun. It's, it's fun. fun, and there's a, a very cooperative nature to do with it. Um, yeah. You know, I've been posting just a couple of questions. Like today, I posted, you know, what what's in your PFD? You know, um, and it was essentially a copy and paste from a uh, paddling uh, magazine um, article. Mm-hmm. Um, what is in your PFD? And weed. There's 16 <laughs> comments on that so far. How many of them are uh, weed? I, How I, many of them are I, weed? I've been doing a podcast, so I haven't been able to see if any of them are weed yet, which is legal in Canada. Yeah. So theoretically, yeah. you know, it, uh, you could have weed in your PFD, but um, not not probably not a good idea. Nah, you know, you know but, but uh, it'll get wet. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're just the other baggie. people yeah. <laughs> sharing past trips, sharing where they're doing now. Um, we had a big uh, post that went, you know, sixty-four comments, just uh, you know, with the whole mech upheaval and being oh, yeah. uh, mountain equipment co-op store being bought out by a private equity firm in the U.S. Um, so let's just support local. So I'm compiling a list of all the. Uh, 
all the outfitters and all the stores and all the retailers and all the mom and pops and all the online stores that uh, you know run by people we know and people we want to support. So I've got uh, that start uh, list. Uh, I'll get a file up there on the uh, the page, uh, the group page, to um, so people can just access that when they're looking for their next bit of gear rather than yeah. having to go to Mech or um, you know sale hasn't been that healthy this stores. year either, right? So yeah, it uh, lots of support and lots of sharing through that. Um, you know, people going, what's your feedback on this boat and what do I need for winter paddling? And it's just so many awesome comments through it all. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm looking forward to the growth, looking forward to learning, learning stuff myself. So you throw it up there and it's a Facebook, it's Facebook and it's paddling. Like it doesn't get any more complicated than that. Yeah. And the people that throw the comments, you know, are a bit, uh, have their noses out of joint because the name is similar. They're going to go to both groups anyway. Most people will. You know? Yeah. So, I know. And I if do. there's something of interest at this one, then they'll stick around. If there's not, they'll go, they'll go elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, it, uh, it'll be fun. I know. I'm looking forward to raising some uh, stink on your board. You keep your canoes off my group. Okay. <laughs> A canoe is just a kayak without a, a roof. Yeah, convertible kayak. It's just a convertible kayak. So uh, I will not be oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, John Babulik of, uh, who the hell is John Babulik? What Backcountry Back Custom. Back Custom Canoes. He posted something on there today. With, uh, what do you say? Sometimes I like the big wave, get wet, go fast, surfy sort of party. The rest of the time I'm down with the disco. Thanks yeah. for the addition. Even if I don't care about double bulkheads. And he's got a nice picture hanging of his uh, shed in the back here. Uh, oh, yeah, where he makes shop. He's got a, a yeah. skin on frame uh, kayak there, so we'll let it. We'll let that one go, John. Uh, for <laughs> now, uh, actually, Derek paddles one of his kayaks. Derek has one of his kayaks. <laughs> He's paddled it more than the once when we were out with them in Tobermory. Oh, that look at pa- the time! That paddle singular <laughs> or paddled plural? I, I think he's been in it a couple of times. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll let him answer that next podcast. Yeah, if he, if he listens to this <laughs> but, one. But that's another story. <laughs> no, I bet you they will listen to it because they'll listen to it on the way home. Yeah. When yeah. do they come off the water? Uh, end of the week. So okay, so the podcast will have dropped, and they've got a Thursday, long drive Friday. Back. Yeah, so yeah, I think so, the on the week this weekend. So, so, so Mike, I love you. Derek, yeah, yeah. Who else is that? Martin, Scott, and Martin. Scott, who? Rogers, Smedley. Yeah, oh, okay. Love you yeah. too, too. Derek, yeah. hurry back. Yeah, we're looking for some sprouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Derek, we need an update <laughs> on the sprouts. If she, I'm sure, if you didn't kill him before you left, Siobhan may have kept him alive. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Leave it up to her. She'll take care of them. Uh, anything else? No, I'm I'm good. I got uh, my first day of work tomorrow, so. It, uh, so you got to wrap this up and uh, head on out? Go to bed. Wow. I should probably prepare for that, too. Hey, thanks. So. <laughs> what, going to bed? <laughs> no, working tomorrow. <laughs> prepare to go to bed. Hmm, what do I got to do? <laughs> Boil milk. <laughs> Get home Eat first. Eat cookie. Yeah, yeah. Drive, drive an hour or so home. Uh, well, yeah. thanks for uh, being on the show this week. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. This has been a whole week of everybody else talking, which is nice. Whole month. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. today being a whole week. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the whole show of of just what are you? When are you going to? When are you going to do something worth talking about again? I'm actually holding down this chair in case uh, Tracy didn't pay the gravity bill this month, because I'd hate to see this chair just fly to the ceiling. <laughs> That's my story. I'm sticking to it. No, you got anything coming up? Uh, 
potentially a couple of trips. Okay. Uh, I Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving's coming up, and I always do a four or five day trip there. Right. Um, I had one on the burner that may have happened, but it's not going to happen. So um, I will go elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, some late uh, late season shoulder season trips to do. Not cool. really massively long ones, but you know. Three days, and, and then we're nothing. The story of your year, though. Yeah, uh, I'm waiting. My new winter tent should be here within the month. Okay. Dun dun dun! I'm gonna do a little. Uh, do one of those. What are those open box videos or whatever they are? What are you twelve? Yeah. <laughs> I just because I don't see this tent from anybody else. Okay. Who's that from? Atuk. It's okay. a Cree. Atuk Cree from Quebec. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of their bigger ones that, uh, we're upgrading and, uh, trying to find a whole bunch of information on it. And no one's posting videos or pictures to get a really clear idea of what it looks like and all that. So I was chatting with them and made a couple of changes and, uh, custom things on it. And, uh, so yeah, when I get it, I'll set it all up and do some video of it and post it to our, our site. Awesome. Cause that's what you do when the water freezes. <laughs> you go camping, but in winter, right? I got one other thing. Um, you guys were mentioning last week about get, finding freeze-dried meals. Hard, yeah. Hard than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Randy from OTG Meals, who we yep. met at the Winter Camping Symposium. Uh, we saw, yeah, we saw him there. Winter, uh, the last the year, the summer. spring one. One of the recent symposiums. Yeah. Um, yeah, he posted somewhere yesterday, I think, uh, about that uh, he's going to have new meals ready soon for for uh, sending out. Good, good. So there's one avenue of support. Yeah, because it seems a lot of stuff from the States and that is not coming up. Yeah. And the stuff hitting from Mecker Sale, Atmosphere, all those other places are hit and miss. Yeah. Except soup. What is it with you people not wanting soup? What well, soup is awesome. Well, I apparently that's all that's left. You can't, like, yeah, because <laughs> everywhere I'm looking, only thing left is, like, all the pastas, the rice mm. dishes, and all that, you know, the good stuff is gone. And the only thing, ranchero soup, apparently nobody's eating that. Chowder, no one's eating that. <laughs> why the hell not? Warm you I up? I don't know. Party? I don't know. I can see why in the summer you don't want soup, but really it's... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying. Odd. If you need soup, it's readily available. If you don't need soup, it's still readily available. <laughs> uh, on that note, thanks again, uh, Alan, for being yeah. on this week. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a little while, so we'll uh, have to get together and do some more paddling. Definitely. Soon. Maybe we'll Superior next year. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. In a sea kayak? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll take my, I'll get my kayak up there and, you know, get I'm some not, practice. I'm not going out there in a canoe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll bring bro. There you go. Tow, tra- tow Tracy in the canoe and you paddle the kayak. Yeah, you know, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us, stream, or download uh, the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can see all 240 of them there. Download them or listen to them right on your uh, computer. 
Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please uh, share it with your friends. I want to thank Alan for being here tonight and John Van Berger for uh, taking the time out of his day before he heads off on his bucket list trip. And uh, hopefully Derek and them are having a blast and we'll see them all next week. And uh, I'm Sean Rowley. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>